Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. I usually have my disclaimer at the end, but I am putting it at the beginning. I am not anybody's financial advisor. I am just sharing the things that I am learning, and I would only share it if I was experiencing success with it myself. If you feel like you need someone to work with you, then I would recommend that you get a financial advisor who is a fiduciary. That means that they are working with your best interest at heart. But otherwise, this is for you. So in this podcast, I had created a while back the six seeds to financial health. And the last one is saving and investing. And that doesn't mean that you do all of the others before you save and invest. It's entirely possible to do everything all at once and multitask. For me personally, I have been multitasking. I talk on this podcast about being on my debt-free journey and I am simultaneously saving and investing while I do that. Um, So don't feel like you need to put things on the back burner. And most definitely do not wait to invest because the longer that your money is in the market, the more money you will make. Um, On social media, there are people talking about oh, well, if you had invested $100 a day from the time you were 18 until you retire, you would have been this multimillionaire, blah, blah, blah. So the point being that you want to spend as much time in the market as possible. So do not wait to start investing. Before you start investing, though, there are a couple of things that you should think about. You definitely want to know how much you owe, so what your debts are, and you want to know how much money you have coming in and where that money goes. So I have other episodes that I have made about uh, tracking your expenses and also reducing your expenses and uh, determining how much debt you have. You'll want to make sure that if you have debt, you have a plan for paying off that debt because, like I've said before, having debt is like running a marathon with weights on your feet. You'll get there, but it will take you longer. And so if you're planning to build wealth through investing, you can do that while you have debt, but if you're not actively working to pay off your debt, it is going to take you longer. The way that I think about it, the money that I am putting toward my debt payments, when I'm all done paying them off, that is additional money that can go into the market. You also want to make sure that you have a plan for building up an emergency fund if you don't have one. Uh, Ideally, you want to start with $1,000. Uh, Because if something were to happen, at least you have that to fall back on. In an ideal world, the recommendation is three to six months of your expenses saved up. 
Um, so determining what that figure is and how you could go about building that over time. And the last thing that you should know before getting started with investing is what your goals are. Are you wanting to invest for a short-term goal or a long-term goal? For instance, do you want to save and invest for a big vacation or do you want to save and invest for your child's college education or for your retirement? And you're keeping your goal in mind will help you to figure out what kind of account you want to get and how much you're going to be contributing and what the time frame is. Um, when I started this podcast, I was talking with a friend of mine and her boyfriend is involved in trading and investing. And she was saying to me that she just, she did not understand it. She had no clue what any of this stuff meant. And I actually said to her a couple days ago, if I could explain it to you, then I think I could explain it to anyone. Um, and that's not because it's hard to explain things to her. It's just that for me, I like to keep things simple. And if it's simple enough for you to understand, then that's good enough for me. So that's what I'm going to try to do in this episode. Generally speaking, when people talk about investing, they are talking about stocks and some people are talking about bonds. So I'm going to start with stocks first. A stock represents your share of ownership in a company. It's just a representation. It's not an actual tangible thing that you can hold in your hand. So for instance, if you have a if you have stocks in say uh Disney, then that means that you own shares in the company. You are a shareholder in that company. And the way that you make money from stocks, there are two ways to make money from stocks. Um, the price of the stock can go up over time. And when you sell it, you get paid for it. Also, you can get paid through dividends. So if the company is doing really well and they want to give payments back to their shareholders because they're making a lot of money, then you will get money from the company. And that's usually like every quarter. Um, the way that I explained it to my friend, because she asked me, she was like, okay, I get that, but where does the money come from? So imagine that someone sets up a lemonade stand and they're selling lemonade and they're selling lemonade for a dollar each. That's their price. And someone comes along and they say, your lemonade is actually really good. And the price gets bumped up to $2. And then they start making $2 on every sale of lemonade. And then someone else is like, I'm going to pay you $3 for your lemonade. And so the price of the lemonade goes up. If you bought that lemonade for a dollar, you can sell it back for $3 and you've made a profit. Uh, so hopefully that makes sense. The lemonade stand owner could say after a while, oh my goodness, I've made so much money on my lemonade. 
I'm going to give everyone who bought some lemonade 10 cents each. And that's the equivalent of getting dividends. So what ends up happening when you invest in the stock market is, especially if you are a long-term buy and hold investor, is you keep putting money in and that money grows in a couple of ways. It grows because you keep adding more. It also grows because the price of the stocks go up over time, particularly if you're investing in good companies. And if any of those companies pay you dividends, that also increases your money. So over time, your money just grows and grows and grows and grows. That's basically how it works. Uh, I mentioned Disney. That's just an example of owning an individual stock. But a little later on, I'm going to talk about how to invest wisely. And people who are interested in getting started with investing, they think that they have to pick individual stocks, and that is not the case. That actually is probably not a good idea. Um, for instance, we just recently had the debacle with GameStop and AMC, and a lot of people have lost a lot of money because they bought in thinking that they knew what was going on, and then um, when the stocks were sold off, they lost a lot of their money. So buying individual stocks is not necessary if you're trying to build wealth, but you can buy individual stocks if you want to. Um, the other thing is bonds. So a bond is basically a loan that a company takes. And instead of them getting that loan from the bank, they get that loan from investors. So what ends up happening is the company borrows money from the investors and there's interest on that loan. And so they have to pay off the interest. And at the end of the loan, the loan is for a specific period of time, they have to return the money. So that's what bonds are. And generally speaking, when you're investing, you want to have a combination of stocks and bonds. Because, for instance, if you are investing in the stock market 100% of your money and something happens like a pandemic or the crash of 2008, 2009, where does all of your money go? It's it's gone, um, and it takes a while to build that back up. So what happens instead is you can rely on the money that you have in investing in bonds, and the amount that you do for each one of those is really dependent on your risk tolerance. So investing in the stock market obviously has its risks, but long term, you get great returns. Investing in bonds is lower risk, but the return is not as high. So that's really an individual choice. Where do you start? 
So there are a number of ways that you can go about investing. And I say if you have a retirement plan, that is a good place to get started. If your employer offers a retirement plan, that is a way to invest in stocks and bonds. And that's something that I did not know when I um, first signed up for my employer's retirement plan. I don't know that anybody necessarily explained that to me. Um, and we don't have the equivalent of that in my home country. And so only after a while, I was like, wait a minute, you mean I, I already have stocks? Um, so in case you don't know, a retirement plan is invested in stocks and bonds. And a lot of employers will offer you money for your retirement plan as part of your benefits package. So they may put a certain percentage of your salary. And for a lot of companies, they offer what's called a match. And so if you put a certain percent, then they'll put a certain percent as well. And if you are not taking advantage of that, you're basically turning down parts of your benefits package, which makes no sense. So go ahead and check to see if that is available to you through your employer. Um, if you are self-employed, there are options for you. There are the SEP IRA, the Solo 401k. An IRA is, it stands for Individual Retirement Account, and um, anyone can get one once they are of age. Um, and even if you have kids, you can open IRAs for them. But uh, as far as I remember, um, if you do not have a retirement plan through your employer, you can open an IRA and invest there. If you have a retirement plan with your employer, you can also open an IRA and invest even more money there. And there are different types of IRAs and there are pros and cons depending on what your goals are. So feel free to look into that. The benefits to investing in a retirement plan, and that's why I mentioned those first, is there are tax advantages. So if your employer offers a 401k or a 403b retirement plan, what ends up happening is the money that goes into it is not taxed. That's pre-taxed money. And there are a couple of benefits to you for that. One, uh, it reduces your taxable income. So you're ending up paying less taxes because some of that money was taken out before you had to pay taxes. And two, the benefit is that it sits in the account and it grows tax-free. Um, so that is a benefit to it. And there are, there are other ways that you can uh, benefit from reducing your taxes when it comes to investing, but that is a whole other topic for a whole other day. Aside from retirement plans, you can have a brokerage account 
And that's basically kind of like going to a company and saying, hey, I have some money I want to invest. I want to open an account, kind of like how you have bank accounts at different companies. Uh, lately, with the whole GameStop thing, there's been a lot of talk about Robinhood. Robinhood is an example of a brokerage. But then you also have other brokerages like Fidelity and Charles Schwab. And um, so anyone can go open a brokerage account and start investing there. But the thing is that you're not going to necessarily have the tax advantages. The money will be taxed. So, for instance, um, it is tax season now here in the United States. And I am waiting to file my taxes. And uh, I am waiting for my tax forms from my brokerage accounts. Because, um, hey, just so you know... (laughs) Uncle Sam is always going to want his money. So tax is something that you need to keep in mind. Uh, And I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Another thing that you can do is you can get an account with a robo-advisor. So those have become a little bit more um, popular lately, but not a whole lot of people have been talking about them. So it seems like they're increasing in popularity, but a whole lot of people still don't know about them. A robo-advisor is basically an app where you um, put your money in, you deposit your money, and the company is set up in such a way that they will invest your money for you, and they will determine what is the best allocation for where your money should go based on what your goals are. Um, And one of those apps is Betterment. Another one is Wealthfront. I think there's one called Elvest. And at the end of today's episode, you can check out the website. I'm going to include information for all of this stuff. Um, And I have a robo-advisor account. And just to give you an idea, of how this works because people are skeptical about apps but I I gave it my own little experiment to see how it would work and in the second half of last year I opened up the account and I deposited $100 a month for 4 months that's all I did I just wanted to see what would happen Uh, before I said, okay, I'm going to actually use this and invest a lot of money. Um, And so right now, I think it has 470 something dollars in it. So clearly, it works. It is investing in stocks and bonds. um, And I get dividends in the same way. And it does the work for me. So this is considered passive income. I'm basically making money for doing absolutely nothing. Um, So that is an option for you as well. So I wanted to talk about taxes just very briefly because a lot of people who are new to investing don't realize that there are tax implications involved. You will want to get familiar with the concept of short and long-term capital gains tax. So remember how I said you have a lemonade stand 
and you buy your lemonade and then your lemonade is worth like $3 more and then you sell your lemonade and you've made money. Yeah, well, when you sell your lemonade and you make money at tax season, you actually have to pay tax on that money. And how much you have to pay is dependent on how long you had your lemonade for or how long you had your stocks for. Um, if you sell it very quickly, I think it's within a year, you're going to be taxed higher than if you held on to it, which is why it is beneficial to be a long-term investor who just buys and holds on to their stocks. Um, that's one of the reasons why it's beneficial. In the Financial Independence Retire Early community, which I talk about often on this podcast and I am a member of, we believe in investing in broad-based, low-cost index funds. Now, what exactly does that mean? Broad-based means that it is diverse. We're not just investing in one kind of company like a restaurant or one tech company or one car maker. It's a bunch of different industries. Low cost, meaning that the fee associated with having shares in that fund are low. The reason being, fees matter. If you're paying a company a ton of money to own shares, then you're losing out on your profit. And what is an index fund? An index fund is basically a bunch of different companies, a bunch of shares in different companies. So for instance, um, Jack Bogle, who founded Vanguard, the company Vanguard, he has a saying that I just discovered and I absolutely love. For a lot of people who are looking to get invested, they're looking for the needle in the haystack that will make them a ton of money, right? Instead, he says, why buy the needle when you can buy the haystack? And that's essentially what the index fund is. In the financial independence community, what we do is we buy shares in the total stock market index. So that means that our money is going to be split up across all of the companies that are in the stock market. Or we invest in an index fund that is tracking the S&P 500, which is the 500 best performing companies on the stock market. And so what you do is you put your money into that fund and it is investing across the 500 best performing companies. And right now in 2021, that includes companies like Apple and Facebook and Google and all of the big ones, Tesla, so on. And uh, the good thing about investing in an index fund is you don't really have to worry so much about whether a company continues to do well or not because if it stops performing, it will fall off of the index. So you won't have to be sitting at your computer all day long 
looking to see how things are going, you can just set it and forget it. Very literally, you can just put your money in there and go about your business. And over time, your money will grow. So fees matter. You want to make sure that you know how much the fees are. And don't be uh, duped because you may hear, oh, our fee is 1.5%. And that is actually high. If you multiply that by, say, I don't know, $200,000, say you end up having $200,000, figure out what 1.5% of $200,000 is, and you'll see how much money that is. Instead, you have options where you could have a fee of 0.04% and multiply that by your imaginary $200,000 and you'll see the difference. So fees matter. Returns also matter. You want to know how much you can expect to get back from the money that you're putting in. Generally speaking, if you're investing in the total stock market or the S&P 500, uh, it varies from year to year how well they perform. So like last year, the return on one of my accounts was 18%. But that is because we had a really good year in the stock market despite the pandemic and the economy, which is its own argument for another day. Um, but generally speaking, over the long term, you can expect anywhere between 7, 8, 9% return on your investment. But either way, you want to know what the returns have been over time. And finally, how much do you invest? Well, you have to keep your goal in mind. Remember, are you thinking short term? Are you thinking long term? You also need to know how much your expenses are. You're not going to be able to invest if all of your money is going to your expenses. And so go back and listen to my episodes on reducing expenses so that you can have extra money for investing for your goals. There are recommendations for how much to invest in your retirement plan. Um, those recommendations range from 10 to 20% of your salary. Uh, in the Financial Independence Retire Early community, the whole premise is that you can get to your goal faster if you put more money in now. And so people in the community are investing 40% of their salary, 50% of their salary, 60% of their salary, and just living off of the balance. Um, and that may not necessarily work for everyone. However, it is something to just be aware of that it is possible to get there sooner if you can figure out how to put more money into the market. So how do you go about doing this? Well, like I said, check to see if you have a retirement plan as an option. That's one way. You can then call up the companies and find out uh, some more information about increasing how much you put in there, what your employer's matches, and so on. If you are going the route of setting up an IRA for yourself, 
you can research different companies and see what their fees are. Generally speaking, Vanguard and Fidelity are trusted most by the financial independence community. Uh, you can set up a brokerage account if you're not looking for a retirement account. And you can do that through any of the major brokerages. My advice would be to pay yourself first. And I also have a podcast episode on that. What that means is you are automating your money to go towards saving and investing as soon as you get paid. So you want to go ahead and set up with your employer to have a certain amount go from your paycheck into your retirement plan. You want to um, go ahead and put an automatic deposit on your retirement account if you're doing an IRA or into your brokerage account or your robo-advisor or whatever you decide. So what ends up happening is by the time the um, day after you get paid comes, that money has already been deposited. So I just wanted to break that down and I hope that it was helpful. Uh, Good luck to you and I am just absolutely excited that you are investing in your future. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, you can check out new episodes every Monday and Friday. If you haven't already, please pop over to the website at healthywealthyroots.org. You can follow me on Instagram at healthywealthyroots. And I am now on Clubhouse at HWR. That's for Healthy Wealthy Roots, of course. Now, you can also send in a voice message The link for that is on the website, and I may play it on the show. Remember, our future grows from healthy, wealthy roots. The Financial Independence Retire Early community is called FIRE, or the FIRE community. And when I first heard about FIRE, I used to call them the FIRE people, but now I am a fire people. If you are interested in the community and how you could go about achieving financial independence, tune in next time. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.